For a brief period tonight, I just want to share with you the seven sayings of Christ from the cross. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, we're told, For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And some of those who considered the cross foolishness in Jesus' time were the passerbys, the Jews, the chief priests, the scribes and elders, and the religious leaders, as recorded in Matthew 27, 39 to 43. And those passing by were hurling abuses at him, wagging their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes and elders, were mocking him and saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down from the cross, and we shall believe him. He trusts in God. Let him deliver him now, if he takes pleasure in him, for he said, I am the Son of God. And here, Jesus is on the cross, in pain and in agony, suffering, bearing the penalty for our sin, and he's ridiculed to the core. And then again in Luke 23 and verse 39, And one of the criminals who was hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. So just for a few moments, I'd like to focus on these seven sayings of Christ on the cross with a scripture reference where it's found, and then just a brief word on each saying. And then at the end, I would like to also share from the scriptures, the passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In Luke 23 and 34, Jesus is speaking here, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Here we have the word of forgiveness. Jesus was experiencing extreme, excruciating pain and agony with the spikes nailed through his hands and his feet, his bones out of joint, and his body body lacerated by Roman whips. His blood was being shed for the sin of the world. Yet the first words from his mouth on the cross was those of forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And right away, what comes to mind is that song we sing a lot during the Lord's Supper, Man of Sorrows. Hallelujah. What a Savior. The second one I'd like to refer to is again found in Luke chapter 23 and verse 43. Jesus says to one of the men being crucified with him, Truly I say to you, today you shall be with me. In paradise. Here we have the word of assurance. While this criminal was receiving just punishments for his deed, 
his deeds, he admitted his guilt and called out to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus' words of assurance to him were, Truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. And those of us who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we also have that assurance as well. That if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that we shall be saved. We have the same assurance. The third one is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. And from that very hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Here we have the word of affection, the love of a son for his mother. Even in the midst of dying on the cross, as the mediator of the new covenant, Jesus fulfills his duty as the son of Mary in a splendid example of the letter and spirit of the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother that it may be well with you and that you might live long on the earth. In a time of intense physical pain and mental anguish, the Lord thought of others, as is shown from earlier statements from the cross, the two we just read, the thief from the cross and his first words, Father, forgive them. And then the fourth one is found in Matthew chapter 26, 27 and verse 46. Jesus again here says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Here we have the word of anguish. Jesus was made the sin offering for us. He felt forsaken by his Father as he took on himself the sins of the world. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 tells us, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And then I also thought of Romans 5 and 8. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We didn't deserve it. We didn't merit it. Nothing we could do for it, yet Christ died for us. Again I say, hallelujah, what a Savior. And then in the Gospel of John again, chapter 19 and verse 28, it's the fifth saying, Jesus says, I am thirsty. This is the word of agony. Jesus by now has been on the cross for about six hours. The blood vessels in his body are almost dried up. Fever rages through his body, and his tongue is parched and cleaves to his jaw. His lips are swollen and burn like fire. Here we see his humanity, and there are very, very, very few torments greater to man than that of thirst. 
he was almost drained, dehydrated of all his bodily fluids. Fluids. Can we just imagine that? If we're out in the sun, if we're injured, if we have no relief in sight, and all the sweat is pouring from us, I mean, and then we're wounded and we're losing blood, and then eventually we get to the point where we're just completely or almost dried out. Jesus Christ really suffered for us. The sixth one is found in the Gospel of John again, chapter 19 and verse 30. It is finished. Here we have the word of triumph. The redemption of a lost world has now been fully accomplished. What a triumphant cry. And yet I imagine those standing around the cross, the soldiers, the Jewish religious leaders and others, as they heard him say, it is finished, they said, ah, well, he's finally given up. He's glad to be finished with it. But it was a triumphant cry. The work the Father had sent him to, that the Father had sent him to do was now completed. And then finally, the seventh saying, taken from Luke 23 and verse 46. Jesus says, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. This is the word of confidence. In death, Jesus was completely dependent on his Father, confidently committing himself to him. He deposited his spirit in order to take it again when the moment of resurrection arrived. He gave his life willingly. It was not taken from him. We're about to share, very shortly now, in partaking of the emblems representing the Lord's body and blood. This is a command given to us by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, as he said in 1 Corinthians 11 and two different verses from 23 to 30, do this in remembrance of me. It's not a, well, if you think you want to or if you feel like it, it is a command from our Lord and Savior. And as we prepare our hearts tonight, let's take a backward look as we've just done to the cross. Remember his death and his suffering, which is what we've just done. And then we're also admonished that we take an inward look for cleansing. The scriptures say, tell us to let a man or woman examine themselves. This is not to prevent us from partaking, but this is to enable us to partake. And then a forward look to Christ's coming. He is coming back. And that's what we should be anticipating and looking forward to. I'd now like to read from First Corinthians chapter 11. Verses 23 to 30. And of course I didn't mark it. Oh yes I did. Paul is speaking here to the Corinthian church. It says, I will, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks he broke it and said... This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he come. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine themselves, then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning, discernment, discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on themselves. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. It's a precious privilege that we have every time we gather around the Lord's table to remember him, to focus on Calvary and what he did for us. It's all because of Calvary that we meet like this tonight, that we have this precious salvation that was offered to us so rich, willingly, so full, and so free.